We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Microsoft Teams is helping a bicycle company reinvent the way that they work. We make bicycles for everyday riders. Once the pandemic hit, we started doing virtual visits. All of a sudden, we could open up our showroom to customers around the world. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash Teams. Special edition alert Friday NBA DFS podcast sponsored by DraftKings. I'm Joe Bartle and joined alongside me as always is Ben Miller. We will be back again Monday. We will be talking our normal strategy of Monday and Wednesday slates, but we have been blessed with the opportunity to follow the Shannon, Ken and DJ show and give us a bit more of a uh, DFS hot takes insight here for this Friday edition. We have seven games on the slate and I'm going to be honest with you. This is our first Friday edition of the NBA DFS podcast. And this is about as bland as it's going to get. There isn't any big superstars going on. There's some games that maybe you want to take advantage of, but for the most part, the seven game slate is just kind of like a plate of spaghetti. Yeah, there's even meatballs on there. It's just the spaghetti and sauce. (laughs) Well, first off, I want to say that Friday, I feel like I have more energy. You know, it's like Friday. It's like, oh, man, this is like the weekend. I feel good rather than, you know, we're coming in Monday morning, a little, little struggling from the week. We should switch to Friday regularly. I see how, you know, DJ and those guys get that show. They they probably preferred it. I am. I'm not at all there. I've been (laughs) I got it at 730 today. Oh, God. This is where I like six hours of work. (laughs) So I'm not with the same, same enthusiasm as you are. <laughs> Dude, I'm, I'm just saying I'd rather rather Friday than Monday. This is great. Yes, this is mean, a luxury. It is a luxury. Uh, <laughs> one that we won't be able to continue unless I mess up more of my flight plans. Ben, cross my fingers, hope to die that it's not going to happen. So <laughs> Monday and Wednesday will be the routine moving forward. However, we do have the Friday podcast. We are talking NBA DFS today. And I think I think this slate boils down to which games you want to stack. And to me, there really is only two games that you want to stack, that being the Nuggets-Suns game and then the Lakers-Pacers, Nuggets-Suns, 9 o'clock Eastern time tip-off, Lakers-Pacers, 10.30 Eastern time tip-off. Obviously, those are two high-scoring teams, but that's because both their defenses stink too. So I would imagine the over-under and the scoring for those two games are going to be important. However, 
I suspect a lot of people are also going to be on those games. So it might be imperative for your lineup to find a game where there might be a differentiate, where, where somebody goes off, uh, whether it be a Spurs, Raptors, Heats, Nets game, something like that, where you stack that game as the potential for a team to go off. Do you see, feel like there is a secondary matchup or even team or player that you feel confident utilizing? Because I'm struggling to find another one besides those two games. Well, yeah, when you look at all the other games... It's like those stereotypically slow teams. That's that's what we see in all of them. You get the, the Jazz is in one of them. You got the Grizzlies in one of them. The Spurs in one of them. So those are like all of our, you know, normally teams that you look at and be like, oh, this is going to be a slow, grinded out game. Um, and then there's the Heat Nets, and that's kind of that's kind of intriguing for me. Um, I, I think injuries wise, that's one thing. I mean, you know, the Heat are down a bunch of players. Um, you know, Tyler Johnson, Deion Waiters, a um, bunch of guys in that backcourt. And then the Nets, you know, don't play that much defense. So that's kind of the game where I'm thinking, oh, maybe I can grab a couple of Heat guys. And, you know, even when we've seen those teams that are pretty bad, you can grab a couple of guys on a, you know, a bad team and say, oh, I mean, this guy's the best on that team. He's going to, you know, carry the team. Maybe he's the guy I want as well. So when I'm looking at like the other four or five games that we have here, other than the, um, you know, Nuggets, Suns, Lakers, Pacers, I kind of like that Nets, you know, Heat line up there. I agree with you, and that's only because you already mentioned it. The Knicks play the Jazz, uh, and the Grizzlies play the Kings. If, say, if whatever the Knicks play the Kings, well, boom, there's a, a third game right there right. that might have some interest. Or really, if the Jazz played the Spurs, uh, you know, the, somebody like that, just if the Jazz and Grizzlies played each other, that would be perfect. Then you don't have to even <laughs> worry about this type of right, thing. Right. But because both those teams are in there, they're actually limiting your chances to be able to utilize a Kings team that struggles a lot defensively and still rotates their team at really weird times. And next team that while they've been okay this year i think better than a lot of people have anticipated they're still one you can normally target defensively and utilize their players going against that matchup whereas the jazz i just don't i mean maybe rodney hood who's priced very highly on DraftKings, is a guy that you could use or donovan mitchell too uh, which i was surprised with Uh, i don't know i I think it has to be the heat's nets and i think it goes back to the fact that the heat are still playing with a a lot of their guys and therefore there's gonna be a lot of minutes that are available and probably you're gonna be tired i mean we talked about this wednesday too that the heat likely are going to get tired as the season progresses given the amount of the stuff that they're having right. to throw their players so the nets take advantage of that i think that's that's the way to look at but to me it's clear-cut suns nuggets and it's clear-cut uh lakers and pacers house right and don't get me wrong pacers. there's gonna be like spot plays you can grab from each of the other ones but if you're looking for one to you know grab two or three from other than the nuggets you know lakers suns um, Nugget or Suns Pacers, um, definitely that Brooklyn Heat game. Yeah. Before we touch on the seven game slate for Friday, let's first just mention the fact that Rotoware does now have an NBA DFS exclusive Slack chat that is open to all Rotoware subscribers. All you have to do is email support at rotoware.com and you'll be able to get into that DFS. NBA DFS Slack chat. Um, I, again, the experts are there, but for the most part, it's a place for the community to talk DFS. I think I just saw the last picture. Somebody won $55,000 and was talking about that. And uh, <laughs> kudos to that user in the Slack chat for being yeah, able I need to, to, to crush to that guy. guy. No kidding. I think he, <laughs> he must have listened to our Wednesday podcast and decided to utilize all that information Guaranteed. for Thursday. That's right, my, right. my only expect, uh, example for that. Yeah, so I, the Slack chat is really cool, and I, I like that we're kind of expanding into that area. So if you want to be part of that conversation, if you want to talk with like-minded NBA DFS people, make sure to email support at rotowire.com if you have a rotowire subscription. And of course, we will be tweeting out our lives. I, I honestly will be having an official live closer to this point. I think that 
for the most part, what I'll be saying at the end of this podcast will be the set one. But if it ends up being that there are some crazy injuries, we, of course, will be tweeting out our lamps close to the 7 o'clock Eastern time tip-off for that stuff. So you can follow me at JB Fantasy Sports. And Ben, where can they follow you at? You may have Ben Man doing work. Still the best Twitter handle at RotoWare. Let's get down to Friday's seven-game slate, starting first with the Spurs and Raptors, a 7 o'clock Eastern time tip-off. Man Ginobili is going to be out with the thigh injury. He's missing his second straight game. Looking at the guy, Brian Forbes. Uh, Bertrands could get more opportunities as well with the Ginobili minutes. We saw Wednesday we had talked about point guards and who could potentially take advantage of the Nets' poorest point guard stuff, and we said, good luck guessing which one of those three will do it. Right. Did you, did you know who went off? I did not. Probably the, the one that I would have least likely guessed, which was Patty Mills. Patty Mills. Patty Mills dropped at least 25 points on the Nets and ended up being a really good value for that spot. Right. And I was going through the box scores at the end of the night, and it was one of those situations where I just rolled my eyes and like, of course. <laughs> right, right. We, we talked about we talked about on Wednesday that there was going to be a point guard for the Spurs that went off. I would have bet it was Tony Parker. I thought that was an interesting name to keep in mind. And yet it was Patty Mills that one that went off. I'm not targeting any of the Spurs point guards in this situation. The only guy besides LaMarcus Aldridge, who we'll get to at least when we talk about our lineups, I love him as one of the higher-priced plays on, on DraftKings. I think Kyle Anderson maybe has some potential. I can completely understand if you are an individual like me who used Kyle Anderson Wednesday and he absolutely stunk up the joint and you don't want to do it again against a Raptors team that, for the most part, is pretty good defensively in a lot of different areas. I will say, again, Rudy Gay is going to be out. Kawhi Leonard's still out. There are minutes there for... Anderson, especially in a three-point shooting emphasis on DraftKings, I think there's some intrigue. There's not going to be another time where he scores 12 points and plays 30 minutes, 12 uh, DK points. I just don't. That's not going to happen. So I would pessimistically go back to Anderson if I want a sour break at the small forward spot. That's the way I'm going to say it. Yeah, I don't like that he played only 22 minutes. It looks like in the yeah, last I said time. 30. I meant to say 22. 22 um, that's. That scares me a little bit, but at the same time, you know, like you said, there's no Leonard, no or Gay, Rudy Gay. So, like, he's got to get minutes. I, I think that might be, like, a one-time, you know, matchup-based thing. Um, and it definitely dropped his price a little bit. So, you know, the, the poor outing of seven FanDuel points. He's, he's down to 4,700. Yeah, seven drafting um, points, yeah. So, I mean, it's it looks like he, he dropped, like, 500 off you know off his top price so i I like that it's cheaper um i I don't love the play exactly you know if if you want to go there you need someone somewhat you know a little a little discounted i I get it uh, at shooting guard um but i I, it's not my favorite play definitely definitely not my favorite play yeah i think lamarcus aldridge though he's a guy that we're both on in this game serge Ibaka for everything that he does for that raptors defense honestly isn't that great and you look at some of the points allowed at the defensive positioning tool on road aware and the raptors allow quite a bit DraftKings and fandle points to that power forward spot aldridge has been the guy with Kawhi leonard out and we saw that again wednesday when we talked about we emphasized him and he came through i suspect that he'll do the same thing against the raptors i'm honestly surprised he's not higher than his price which is currently at um currently at 8600 right now i thought he'd be closer to 9500 range yeah especially when you know with this slate being so you know little on you know superstars aldridge is kind of like that top guy it's it's yeah it's funny because usually he's maybe that secondary you know source when you got guys like westbrook james harden all those guys in there but yeah aldridge is like one of the top five salaries on here and it, it still seems like he's discounted so i'm rolling with aldridge for sure number seven overall in DraftKings, and that surprises me because it's like tyreek evans chris Porzingis. i like both those guys but aldridge 
where he is in the offense and the matchup he has, he's by far a better option. So I think he's definitely the player to watch for, in particular from the Spurs Raptors game. Moving over to the Heat Net 7:30 Eastern Time tip off. We already talked about this is a game maybe potentially if you want to do a contrarian stack. In part because, again, the Heat have a lot of injuries. Deion Waiters out for the season. Tyler Johnson's already been ruled out. He will not play Friday. Still dealing with that sprained ankle. We have Rodney McGruder, who potentially could not play the rest of the season, at least for the last report, and the Okara White still out as well. The Nets will be returning D'Angelo Russell. That's his first game back since November 11th. I expect that Russell's going to be on a minutes restriction. We've seen that from a lot of different NBA teams already. So I'm not rolling out Russell yet, not particularly at his DraftKings price where he's located. But he's a name to monitor when he ends up being healthy. He was getting closer to the higher uh, portions price-wise when we were doing the FanDuel stuff at the shooting guard spot, and I think that's that's an interesting name when he starts getting that 30 to 35-minute workload. Yeah, I expect that to probably take a couple weeks. Um, you know, He's, he's gonna be definitely going to be eased back into the action. Um, it's also going to absolutely kill Spencer Dinwiddie's you know, value as well. Um, so that's something to keep in mind there. Definitely something to, to, to kind of avoid probably for, for a good at least you know week, week and a half until Russell's on that, that full workload. Dinwiddie is listed at 6400 on DraftKings, and then DeAndre Russell's already priced 6900 They play both the point guard shooting guard spots. So I'm not going anywhere near either of those guys. I understand that we just talked about how we want to stack this game potentially. <laughs> I'm not going to use really any of the Nets guys. Maybe DeMar Carroll, who actually had a double-double Wednesday, and he was a person in my lineup and ended up really did well actually counter counteracted the kyle anderson plague that yeah, yeah. took me over on wednesday i think that he's still an interesting name particularly if they have to use more uh you know of the richardson josh, josh richardson wayne ellington variety i think carroll should be able to dominate the glass over those two guys other than that though yeah i just it's it's tough to find it i think i'd rather go with some of the heat guards wayne ellington still priced pretty appropriately on DraftKings. i, f- I f- feel comfort in him um, I don't mind Josh Richardson. He's always been a staple of that 6,500 to 5,500 range. The guy you could use. Uh, but other than that, Hassan Whiteside's there. I, I don't, I don't know if I want to pay up at that spot for the center. What about you? I don't mind it. Actually. I think Whiteside, he's been getting like uh, benched at the end of games for, for good, good, you know, chunks of time. So that's, that's been pretty you know, off-putting in terms of his, his DFS value. But, I mean, last game he ended up with 56 FanDuel points, kind of had that resurgence, double-double um, 27 points, 13 rebounds. And when you put that up against, you know, the Nets front court, I, I like the thought of that. Um, that was, I also that like was Jokic, boosted, though. though, by six blocks. Right. And I don't right, know how right. many times he's going to get six blocks. I was against the Bucks, who, for whatever reason, have really kind of stumbled at times. And I think they've lost now back-to-back games to them. So it I feel like the Heat have a number a little bit, and maybe Hassan Whiteside in particular. The last two games, he's gotten ten blocks between the two. Yeah. So I, I don't know. I just th- that 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 I'm not looking at 56 uh, DraftKings points and thinking yes, he's definitely going to do that again. <laughs> right, I, I recognize right. what the Nets are. I, I get it, but I, I don't know. I, I mean, I don't really feel comfortable paying up for a lot of these guys. Andre Drummond at the center spot is the highest priced player overall on Friday slate. He's at 9900 going against the Wizards. I don't feel very great about that. And Jokic at 9500 too. That's a little bit high octane, high octane offense and game overall. But 9500 too. I just don't know about going all the way up for that center spot right now. I don't mind it just because of how little you know star power we have you know normally i like if you want to pay up for a guy like kevin durant or you know james harden i, True. I get like fading center you know down to the cheaper prices but because there's like not a lot there i don't mind going up for a guy like Jokic. i think i like Jokic better than Whiteside. um 
between the two, but but yeah, I don't I don't mind paying up solely just because of you know there's there's no other you know huge names out there. You like Jokic more than Whiteside, despite the fact that Jokic is eleven thousand one hundred dollars more. Yeah. Okay. Yes. I just want to make sure. I, mean, I think I might be on board with you as well. I think Whiteside has a bit more potential, and he'll give you a bit more of a salary break. But the downside is is so bad, even with a good matchup, in my opinion, that I'm, I'm a little uncomfortable going that route. Right. Right. Let's move over to the Wizards and Pistons, 8 o'clock Eastern time tip-off. Whole bevy of injuries for the Pistons right here. Reggie Jackson, of course, is still going to be out for a while with that grade 3 sprained ankle. Avery Bradley, and this is going to be a trend for the announcements that we have right now for the Pistons, Avery Bradley is a quote-unquote 50-50 chance of playing with his groin injury. He got an injection to the injured groin yesterday. I think it was instead of the shoot-around that he had that, so we're still kind of waiting word whether he plays. Reggie Bullock, who I highlighted quite a bit as a small forward I liked Wednesday, is dealing with an illness. He's questionable. Stanley Johnson, questionable with a hip flexor. And then Luke Kennard was also a 50-50 questionable due to a left thumb injury. Not a lot of information we're getting from Detroit right now, and I no, think no. I think I, this is the one area where I would end up changing my lineup drastically depending on who gets ruled in and ruled out because those are all players that play roughly the same position, that being Bradley, uh, Bradley Bullock, Johnson, and Kennard. If, say, even two of those guys are ruled out, there's potential for a lot of minutes to come that way, and particularly in Avery Bradley's case, he makes enough and he shoots enough three pointers where I, I find some interest if he's healthy and active to play in this game. Yeah, there's just there's just too much going on there where it's like, what the heck? You know, what am I doing here? Uh, I, I could definitely see an Avery Bradley play if you know a couple of those guys are ruled out, like Stanley Johnson, you know, Kennard. Um, it, like I said, for, there's just too much injuries for me to try even like want to even you know put a, an estimate there or even want to risk it. Um, do we get something before the six o'clock lineup lock? Maybe you know it's. I feel confident. I, th- we I think will. we might. Yeah, um, just because it's you know it's a seven a eight eight Eastern game, so it's going to be an hour after lineup lock. I think they might um, might get most of those guys out there. Um, but yeah, that, that's definitely just something to, 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 to monitor for now. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's the thing I, I have Brit, uh, Bradley in my lineup right now and almost as a placeholder, but I'm expecting and assuming we will be, we will be getting more information in terms of who will be available to play on the side of the Pistons. Really? The wizards don't have many injuries to note The other high priced guy is John wall as far as the point guards. And that's, there's a lot of point guards that are actually pretty high priced in this situation. Victor Oladipo being another guy going against the Lakers. To me, I would much rather have Oladipo than John Wall, but there, I think you could probably talk it into a contrarian situation where John Wall is potentially effective against the Pistons game. Both teams are going to have to compete. They're still certainly in the hunt for the Eastern Conference playoffs stuff, so I, I don't know. Maybe maybe John Wall is the way to go. What do you think, Ben? I, I don't think so. I think the Pistons play pretty solid defense when it comes to guards. It looks like they're in the bottom half, so probably about like their 20th best or something like that. Um I'd rather, I, yeah, I think I'd rather go like Oladipo or someone else, you know, Wall's just too expensive for me to, to, to really, you know, guarantee that you're getting value on that. I, I don't, I don't think he has the upside that you're looking for that price. Yeah. I, that's, I, I, I don't like Oladipo or Wall. I think I would rather go right. with a guy like LaMarcus Aldridge and find value elsewhere at a position instead of either of those guys. But if you were saying gun to the head, which one you want to take Oladipo or Wall, I'm taking Oladipo, and that's almost yep. 110% positive because he's going against the Lakers. Right, right. That matchup as a whole, it's crazy over-under. So I think there's there's plenty of value there, even with you know mid-tier guys. Let's move over to a game that likely won't have a crazy over-under, but could have a crazy circumstance. Kings-Grizzlies, 8 o'clock Eastern time tip-off. I think the DFS world got thrown into a tizzy Wednesday when Mark Gasol was unexpectedly ruled out due to an illness. And then we also have Brandon Wright, who's still doubtful to play Friday. 
also ruled out on Wednesday. And then we saw, I, gosh, I don't even know his name right now, but he ended up being in 60% of the lineups that I was in on FanDuel. Was it probably like Deontay Davis? Yes, it was. Yeah, De- yeah it was Deontay Davis. And I mean, he was at 3,700 price tag for the center spot. Complete and absolute flop. Right. Just an utter flop for a yep. guy that was there. And really, I have been talking so much about DeMarcus Cousins Wednesday as a guy that I really liked and I thought would do well against the Hawks. Well, he did great, but <laughs> I took him out of my lineup and instead put Anthony Davis and Davis did not do nearly as well against Marcus Cousins. But that's Wednesday slate. Here's Friday's slate. We do know that Marcus Gasol is going to be playing, or at least he's expected to play. Obviously, again, he missed Wednesday's game due to the illness, but it doesn't seem to be a long-term deal. That ends any Davis value. That ends anything else, in my opinion, because I don't think Marcus Gasol is a guy I want to use against the Kings. I, especially coming off an illness, I think that Gasol, what he provides to your offense is good but not to a point where I want to use him DFS wise. No, fresh off an illness. I, yeah, I agree. He's just not a guy I really love here in this matchup. Honestly, the only guy I originally was thinking about was the Zach Randolph, you know, come back to, to Memphis play Um, a little revenge narrative. Okay. But then when you start thinking about the Kings arresting veterans randomly, you know, it's still, it's a little too sketchy for me. I can't, I couldn't pull the trigger like that. That was one of the picks. I was like, Oh, this is going to be great. You know, they're going to play him. He's coming back to his, his place. But again, with Scal potentially coming back from injury, I don't. I, I can't risk that. I can't. There's yeah, you, just too much uncertainty with like veterans getting arrested on that Kings roster for me to to really try and throw someone out there. Yeah, you referenced it, Scal. He sat out Wednesday's game with a shoulder injury. He's probable for Friday. We already know Chandler Parsons ruled out. He's ruled out every day. It feels like of his life for <laughs> DFS purposes. So that's always great. And then James Ennis is the other injury for the Kings to note. I'm sorry for the Grizzlies to note that he is uh, ruled out due to calf injury. So. I, I agree with you. I'm not going to be touching really anybody from this game. I think that's what makes this Friday slate so hard is that basically you're playing six games because I don't want to go anywhere near the Kings Grizzlies. Right. Good luck to you who are listening to this and want that and feel comfortable using that matchup because I don't, I don't know what the Kings are doing any single week. I certainly don't know what the Grizzlies are going to be doing offensively every single week. So right. this is a game that I'm just staying away. I am going completely in on the Suns Nuggets game, nine o'clock Eastern time tip off. TJ Warren is expected to play a back injury forced him to miss the last two games. And Josh Jackson actually did well in his place. That would be a DFS optimizer. Love Josh Jackson. And he got the minutes, did pretty well with that. But now TJ Warren expected to play. So that means Josh Jackson Bye. you are not part of my lineup. Marquise Chris missed the last two games due to hip injury. Dragon Bender has been getting the start at the power forward spot. On the Nuggets side of things, Paul Millsap potentially making his return after or near the All-Star break. Jamal Murray, though, upgrade to questionable with a concussion that he suffered Tuesday. NBA, again, not like the NFL. They are actually really good at resting their players when it comes to the concussion <laughs> stuff, uh, and they are very progressive when it comes to that. I don't know if Jamal Murray plays, but the fact that he got upgraded from doubtful to questionable makes me pause just a little bit. Oh, definitely. Definitely makes you pause. Do I think he still sits out? Yes. But it's this definitely throws a chink in in what I was trying to do here. You know, this is this is ruining my game plan. <laughs> That's for sure. No, this is the Nuggets. Uh, this this game is the Nuggets Suns game is what I'm stacking. This is my favorite game of the slate or of the yeah of the whole slate. Um, I'm going at least four guys on this in this matchup for for my lineup. I just I love everything about this game. Even TJ Warren, I've got him in my lineup, even though he's coming off an injury, which I hate to do. I'm firing him up, him up right away as well. That that was the way I won as well. I, I think TJ Warren is a guy that's interesting. I didn't want to go that direction. I actually misspoke. I went with Will Barton. Yeah. Because I'm assuming, I still assume that Jamal Murray is going to be out. And Barton has been taking over the point guard minutes when Murray has been sidelined. 
just the way that teams seem to handle these concussion things, they don't mess around with it. And to me, it makes sense that they rest Murray at least one more game, opens up the door for a chance for them to play come the weekend or even starting next week. So give me give me Will Barton so long as Murray's out. And I think you're going to get a guy who's listed at 6,500 right now, and he can play a variety of different positions on DraftKings. That gives you versatility in your lineup at a cheaper price. Again, there are not a lot of stars on Friday's slate. So you're kind of left picking who you think could be a star. And Will Barton to me is one of those guys that any given night, he will play like a star. He's not one, yeah, but he could very well play like a star. I love that opportunity and potential at 6,500 against the sun's defense. No less. I'll say this. He did get a boost. Uh, He's, he's up a thousand dollars from his last game. So that sucks. Yes. That, that's but, always, that always gives you pause. I understand. But that. if, if with, if Murray does sit out as expected, I'm definitely rolling Barton too. I love that he's a point guard. I love that he's he's got the usage. He's going to be the one like in control of the offense there. Um, so I, I, you got to like that play. Bad 39 Fanduel points the last two times out, 35 and 42 minutes. So this dude's getting all the minutes he can handle. You love that for a guy who's you know put up probably like six or seven games over like 40, 45 um, DraftKings points um, already. So I'm I'm definitely rolling Barton too. And and then another sneaky play from this game is actually Mason Plumley for me. Mm. Um, I didn't, I was looking through game logs, you know, this afternoon and I was like, okay, okay. Oh my, he had a 42 <laughs> DraftKings point outing the last time out. If they keep the same lineup, um, I was, I was reading through it actually Alex Perutha's, you know, um, article on, yes. on Rotowire for, for, you know, picks. And, you know, he was talking about how the usage of, of Plumley was one of the ones that went up the most with Jamal Murray. You know, that, that was super, super odd to me and interesting. But, I mean, obviously it looks like that was true. Um, Plumley played 31 minutes. He had a double-double 16 points, 14 rebounds, a um, couple steals in there as well. So that was a huge number. I might go ahead and risk that at only $4,400 price. I'll give you a different guy that plays a similar position. I'm interested in Bender. I think Dragon Better for obviously the starting power four right now for the Suns. He's had a variety of different games. So he's played 30 minutes, I think, in each of the last four games. He's gotten two games over 30, and he's had two games under 20, the last two being the ones under the 20. So right. I don't quite know what you're going to be getting from Bender, but we know what the potential is for him if he's scoring, which is what he did during those 32 and 43 point DraftKings performances. And those were in the two games before the bad games uh if you can follow along with the, the audience right now I, I if he's scoring points that's the part where i think okay i feel confident using him and this game should be an up-tempo enough game where they're scoring points he isn't getting a lot of rebounds he's only gotten eight five eight six those are the last four last four games for rebounds so he's not getting that double double potential and i certainly feel like that might actually be the case and what again should be a lot of shots being fired a lot of running up and down the court I wonder if he's done an intriguing enough 4,600 that you could put in your lineup as a salary break. I could see it. I could. I think, I think he has enough upside at his price to, to potentially plug and play there. Again, though, with Plumlee, Plumlee's like $200 cheaper. I still think I'd rather, if I'm going somewhat riskier, cheaper guys, I think I'd still rather try and you know go to Plumlee. I think that's, that's a good roll of the dice, and if, that, if yeah. nothing else. Moving over to the Knicks Jazz, one of two 10.30 Eastern time tip-off games. Rudy Gobert, he's back. He's returning after a 15-game absence, and I can tell you who's not returning to my DFS lineup because, again, we are smart people, and we are not going to be starting <laughs> the ones that come off of 15-plus game absences. So great for Go- Gobert, great for the Jazz, not great for DFS owners. I expect that he will continue to get around 20 to 25 minutes when he returns, and just like we were mentioning earlier, that likely will be a two or three 
weak situation, I, I assume at least. Yeah, yeah. Similar to D'Angelo Russell. Right, right. Jonas Terebko is questionable due to back spasm, but appeared to crop up just Thursday, at least information regarding the back spasms recorded Thursday. So not much we really know for there. And of course, Cephalosha is done for the season. There are not many injuries to note on the, on the Knicks side of things. I was trying to combine the word jazz and Knicks and <laughs> turned into jicks and that's not good. So the Knicks side of things, no real injuries to note over there. Moving over to the other great matchup on Friday, seven game slate, the Lakers Pacers, 10 30 Eastern time tip off. Miles Turner is still kind of evaluated on a week to week basis. So he's not back yet on the Lakers side of things. Contavious Caldwell Pope is already ruled out with the Achilles injury mr lonzo ball officially ruled out with the knee injury so tyler ennis got the start last time around because ball missed last week too josh hart got more minutes though by six so it was ennis with 20 hart with 26 brandon ingram is a true game time decision whether or not he will be able to play with his tweaked ankle uh kyle kuzma larry nance Corey brewer could see minutes if brandon ingram's out and of course kyle kuzma is cleared to play he was a guy that we liked quite a bit on wednesday Ben, give me the breakdown. Who are some players or player that you really like most from this game? This is a mess. This whole game is <laughs> yes, a mess for me, but at the same time, there's there's multiple guys that you look at and you're like, oh, this is kind of intriguing. The first one, you, you'd have to look at Josh Hart. I think he'll start, and I think they'll bring Clarkson off the bench. Do you think um, Hart's going to start over Ennis? No, I think it's going to be Ennis and Hart with, you know, I bet they'll start in the backcourt. Oh, gotcha. Okay. Um, because Hart plays a little bit of everything. Um, so I kind of like that play. He's cheapish. I wish he was like 4,100 like he was, you know, a game ago. You know, now he's up to 4,600. So that's kind of pushing it there. I still think there's a little bit of intrigue there. Clarkson's another guy, though. He's going to be kind of running the show, you know, when it comes to when he gets in that game, he's going to be around the show. Um, he's let's see what his price is. I think he's fairly decently priced, like at the five looks like 5200 so that's not horrible um i think that's another play where he's going to get a lot of increased usage he's going to be kind of the go-to guy in there i think last game he only had 21 minutes but without you know caldwell pope and uh lonzo ball he got clarkson can kind of play both you know backcourt spots so i think that's going to you know result in a ton of minutes for him in the front court i originally had julius randall in there in, in my lineup i had to switch that out though it turns out he's playing through a fractured hand um so that's that's kind of sketchy and kuzma's playing so that whole front court rotation scares me between kuzma randall and nance i think they all kind of you know run into each other in the, in the you know the rotation switches a little bit every game so I, I don't i don't love that i'd rather go you know risk it with a guy like clarkson or hard in that lineup rather than you know trying to figure out the the power forward rotation yeah I, I don't know what's the best direction to go with the power force. I I tend to like Julius Randle. When you're telling me Julius Randle's yeah. going to even 25 minutes, he's the guy that I love to use quite a bit, and particularly on DraftKings, too. I think he's a really good player, and he gives you a, a lot of versatility that comes with that spot. But for whatever the reasons, the Lakers don't seem to like Julius Randle. Right. And that yeah. escapes me as far as a guy that I, I like to consider myself intelligent in basketball, and I don't quite know what the decision is there. But until he gets traded, we're kind of left waiting for Julius Randle to be this DFS asset that we know he can be, but he's not currently. There's interest in Kuzma. There's interest in Larry Nance, I think, as well. But it really depends on if Brandon Ingram is going to play and the fact that he's a true game-time decision and it's 10.30 Eastern time tip-off. Right. I don't think we're going to get enough information no, to figure no. out where to go with that power forward, small forward spot. Right, yeah, that's going to put, put you in a bind if you're trying to figure out who's getting the minutes there. Again, that just makes me... Of of all of them, I, I will still say that Randall, you know, kind of intrigues me the most, just because what he's done recently and in, in that whole deal. But I, I'm, I'm I'm more on the guards at, for the Lakers at this point, and actually the guards for the Pacers too, going up against you know a, kind of a depleted uh, yes. side on the other side. So exactly. if you're thinking Darren Collison, um, 
I think he could be he could definitely be an option for this. Well, it's state. almost like you're looking at my lineup when you saw the Darren Collins. I might have been. Maybe, maybe that's what I want. <laughs> well, we'll touch on our lamps and of course the Rotowire Optimizer lamp as well. First, uh, a word from Draft easy. We know how frustrating it could be to play in DFS tournaments only to be dominated week in and week out by the Sharks and pro players. Did you know 91% of the money is won by 1% of the players? Well, now, finally, we found a new daily fantasy game where you actually have a chance to win. With DraftEasy.com's rapid-fire game, all you do is pick which player in five two-player matchups you think will score the most fantasy points. Get four out of the five picks right and triple your money. It's that draft easy. No salary caps, no math, no competition, just you against the house. Sign up at DraftEasy.com now with promo code RotoWare and get a free shot at $50. Check this out. For RotoWare users, get at least one pick right and score $20 free. And for January, DraftEasy has a crazy deposit match with no drip up to $100. Go now to DraftEasy.com. Fancy sports made easy. Okay, so for DraftKings RotoWare Optimizer lineup, I think it was best to be able to lock in two guys and then the lineup that's around everything else there. So I picked... Two guys that I thought were going to be most utilized in lineups, that being LaMarcus Aldridge, who is 8,600 as the power forward option, and Devin Booker, a shooting guard option going against the Nets. Uh, Aldridge, not in one of those two primetime stack matchups, but still a guy I think is going to get a lot of offense, and Devin Booker, too, in that stack matchup we're talking about the Nuggets. So here's the lineup that Rotowire was able to put together following those two guys. Andrew Harrison, who we're still waiting word of and whether or not he plays, is the point guard option going against the Kings. We have Bojan Bogdanovic against the Lakers. Uh, Thaddeus Young also against the Lakers. And Wilson Chandler against the Suns. Kelly Olynyk is your power forward. And Jokic is your center. So this is a clear stars and scrubs option on Friday slate. Your face right now looks like you just farted and, and are smelling it for the first time. <laughs> oh, so this clearly to me does not sound like an optimizer lamp that you want to use. No, I, oh boy, that was, that sounded real ugly to me. <laughs> I'll be honest. Harrison is not going to be in my lineup. That, that is a guarantee. Not but against the Kings. Bogdanovich, Boyan, that, that was the Pacers guy. That's correct. I'm out on that too. There's no way. I, I like Jokic. I'll, I'll give him that. I think Jokic is a good play on this one. Um, a bunch of the Wilson Chandler was on there too. Is that what That's you, correct. I mean that's in. I get that one just because it's in you know an up up tempo game. That's that's. I could see it. I could see Wilson Chandler. He's he's a guy that can go off randomly. Um, I don't think Bogdanovich and Harrison have that ability to just have that big game out of nowhere, and they they're not consistent enough with like decent numbers where I like that. Um, so those two, there's there's no way I'm putting either of those guys in my lineup. Yeah, I wasn't a it wasn't a pretty lineup in my opinion either. But let's get to some prettier lineups. Let's talk about our lineups. I think <laughs> those are beautiful. Those are yeah, for the most part, they're going to be pretty darn good. I think. Uh, I we'll kind of stick to what we've been doing in the past. We'll go ahead and read through our lineups, touch on people that we really haven't before. Ben, I'll let you go ahead and start out with your lineup. So I'm going point guard Josh Hart against the Pacers, 4600. Will Barton. Um, for this uh, going up against the Suns 6500 TJ Warren against the Nuggets 6400 LaMarcus Aldridge against the Raptors 8600 Nikola Jokic against the Suns 9500 Wayne Ellington against the Nets 4800 Mason Plumley um, against the Suns 4400 and then Kelly Olenek against the Nets 5100 oh, it feels like you're able to get a lot more of the starves in there than I did and you still got some relatively good stru- uh, scrubs as well I we talked about Mason Plumley. I think that's where your biggest salary break comes into play. I don't know about Kelly Olynyk though, and I say this is a season long twenty team D, uh, not dynasty, but season long twenty team league owner of Kelly Olynyk. 
He's not a guy I feel comfortable using, and he's listed at 5,100 despite the fact that he really splits time with what feels like 14 different guys in that front court. Yeah, so it, it is a little sketchy, I agree. Um, I think at one point it looks like going back, he was all the way up to 6,300. So he's definitely down from that, but is this one's still tough. This was probably my toughest pick that I put in here. I, I think he's got the upside. He can do it. You know, a couple games, looks like two games ago he had 36.3 Fanduel points. So that's, I'm kind of hoping that's the game he has. But then again, you know, the four of the last five he had 15 right. 16 so i mean that's that's also a, a potential thing I, i'm looking upside here um i think he has the ability to do it um so that that's kind of what i'm banking on there it's not really as if there are many center options or utility options in this case for your lineup that are lower priced than that but i almost wonder a guy like wayne ellington who is 4800 whether or not he gives you a bit more of a safer floor at that utility spot than say a center who we don't know what kind of minutes he's going to get right. on any given night i recognize he's going at the nets but i think we talked about earlier if there's going to be someone that take, takes advantage of that it's probably Whiteside. i wouldn't expect to be his backup in that case yeah i, I still think El, uh Olnick could have that chance to do that as well i mean he's I don't think you know the Nets have good starters or good reserves so whether you know Olenek's on the second unit or not I think he's going to be have the advantage over whoever he's matched up against the thing for Olenek is minutes obviously so last game he only had 16 minutes the game before that he had 28 so it really is going to be rotation based if he if he gets the full workload or not um, that's that's kind of up for debate here I think against the Nets I could see that I could see him getting more minutes just because of you know, I think I don't think the Nets can handle that. So, right. um, I'm fine with the play. I, I really am. Do I expect him to have almost 40 points? Maybe not. Um, but I'm, I'm hoping he can get up into that 25, 30 point range. Well, you went with three guys over 8,500 listing price. I only have two in my lineup. I started with Tyler Eulis going against the Nuggets at 4,100. Obviously, he is the point guard starting in place of brandon knight right now and i think he's getting a fair amount of minutes the 4100 price tag is the lowest out of any of us and i that comes with as big of a i was gonna say responsibility for some reason i feel like i'm i need to talk about spider-man uh <laughs> that, that, i don't know why i i told you i've been here since 7 30 ben that's this is where we're at right now but tyler you 4100 is the lowest price guy out of everyone else there's obvious risk that comes with that there's a reason he's listed at 4100 i think the uptake up pace potential of that matchup is the reason why i want to roll with that i want to have as many guards in that game as i can get because i think they're giving you the scoring and they're also going to give up the scoring too so give me tyler Eulis at 4100 as my biggest salary break after that it's a whole bunch of uh, here we go here's some question marks and really i think this is more of a double up lineup than a turn up lineup if i had to set one i think and i'm not going to this time around just given all the stuff that we don't know yet and particularly that Lakers matchup. I just wish I had more information at the, the power forward spot. But uh, Avery Bradley right now is my listed shooting guard at 5,400 against the Wizards. We're still waiting word who on the Pistons is going to be active and who's not. And I think that could be a big uh, change as far as where my lineup goes. I also have Will Barton in my lineup. It's the small forward at 6,500. LaMarcus Aldridge, we've talked about quite a bit. At 8,600 is my lineup. I have Fast and Furious Dom Sabonis in my lineup, the center spot. He's aggressively priced at 6400 like this is right up there with FanDuel like come on why are we why are we doing this price tag yeah. for a guy that to me doesn't do that much but I want to take advantage of that Lakers matchup particularly if the guys like 
uh, Ingram or somebody else is out. That means more minutes for Brooke Lopez, who historically hasn't been always the greatest defender. So I'll take Fast and Furious Dom's bonus over anything else at this point. Darren Collison also getting my point guard option in there against the Lakers. F5600 using as the guard. My forward option, I'm actually getting to utilize Devin Booker, 8,500. He's my second highest priced player on the Friday slate in my lineup. And finally, I'm rounding up my utility spot with Wayne Ellington. Like we mentioned before, I would much rather have Ellington than Kelly Olynyk, who's $300 more than Ellington for some reason. Yeah, no, 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 uh, no gripe with Ellington there. I think my biggest, when I look at your lineup, I, I, you're right with Sabonis. Sabonis was the first one that jumped out to me. Um, he's, yeah, he's so aggressively priced that I, I can't, I can't go there. Um, I think he's a guy that's going to get you in the upper twenties. Um, no more than that, but yeah, I think he, I wish he was about 5,500. That, yeah. That'd make me feel a lot, a lot more comfortable. And then Avery Bradley, obviously his injury thing is the only other question I have there. Otherwise I think we went over most of those guys and I, I, I definitely agree with, you know, Bard and I love Aldridge Collison. Again, I, I agree with that. I think he could definitely take advantage going up against, uh, you know, Tyler Ennis and Josh Hart, right. The two, two guys there and, um, and Booker's Booker, you know, that's, that's a, that's a huge, that you know, was the huge over under game. That was the potential yeah. play. I'm just expecting that that ends up being a high octane right, performance. Right. So, you know, you're just rolling with those guys that you think are to be in scoring positions best. And I think Booker ends up being that player, Definitely, yeah. which he is most of the time. So it's not like right. it's that big of a role. He's on my season long team too. So there I, I go. got a stake in it. There you go. Absolutely. <laughs> well, that rounds out our Friday NBA DFS podcast. Of course, a couple of notes before we sign off. If you enjoyed the podcast, please feel free to leave a ratings or review on iTunes or Stitcher. Ben loves the compliments, but also gets a good way for Rotoware to get the feedback and for future content is out there. So we will be back again uh, to talk more NBA DFS Monday. Of course, just one more reiteration. We will be posting our lineups closer to the 7 o'clock Eastern time tip-off. For the most part, this will be my lineup. So listeners out there, if you don't hear anything else, don't don't be afraid. This is going to be what I'm going to be end up setting up. But Ben will be hot and ready and ready to post those lineups when it gets close. Absolutely. Absolutely. So you can follow him at Ben man doing work and me at JB fantasy sports. Again, we'll be back in Monday to talk more NBA DFS until then. See you later. <laughs>